faithwire.com. The Senate votes to overturn Biden's vaccine mandate. Today's Thursday, December 9, 2021. I'm Dan Andros. We'll have this top story and more on today's 4 and 3 podcast from CBN's Faithwire. Four big stories, three things you need to know about them, all from a Christian perspective. That's what we do. And you can find us on iTunes and subscribe there if you'd like or wherever you get your podcasts and you like to listen to them. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to judge whichever one you want. I'm cool (laughs) with it. Just download it. All right, and joining me as always, Trey Gons Phillips, Billy Hallowell from CBN's Faithwire. What's going on, fellas? I'm I'm anxiously awaiting the return of the Fox News Christmas tree. <laughs> it's on the way. They will not be denied. Yeah, no, no, not. And it's Friday, Junior, so we're we're all good. Um, so. This story that I'm going to talk about, this is a hard turn because it's like one of the most ghoulish stories. We've <laughs> talked about the the assisted suicide stuff, yeah. but in Switzerland, they have a suicide pod. Uh, yeah. So if you have a lot of questions, hopefully we'll answer those when we get into that story. <laughs> That's morbid. Um, and well, so I'm going to be uh, talking all about the Fox News Christmas tree, which we talked a little bit about yesterday, but mm. actually Tucker Carlson's reaction to the torching of the tree uh, and what he had to say and whether or not we agree. Did he reaction. did he confirm the now don't give us spoilers, but did he confirm the war on Christmas is real? Well, clearly the <laughs> yes. tree was torched. I mean, there's uh, a better symbol right. of it. Being right. Real than good that. point. Good point. Good point. All right. Let's start with story number one here. And it's the Senate voting to overturn um, Biden's COVID-19 vaccine or testing mandate for private businesses with 100 or more employees. You may have uh, heard about that. And of course, it had been suspended. But now the Senate voted to overturn uh, it. Now, it's not likely to become a law because the, the chances are pretty low of it getting actually a vote in the House. And um, and, and, Biden, and Biden would probably veto it anyway. So, um, you know, so this is uh, this is where we're at on this. And it was the, the effort against it was led by Indiana Republican Senator Mike Braun. And uh, it just needed the simple majority of 51 votes to be approved by the chamber. And the final vote was 52 to 48. Two Democrats, John Tester of Montana and Joe Manchin of West Virginia, joined their 50 GOP colleagues in voting to repeal the requirement. And of course, you remember back in September, Biden announced that he'd be directing the Labor Department to require all businesses with 100 or more employees to mandate that their workers are either fully vaccinated or undergo weekly testing for COVID-19 and wear masks. And, um, you know, so now as ridiculous as this may sound to some people, at least we're still not New Zealand guys. I don't know if you saw this, but there is a advertising billboard going around from one of their politicians. I'm not sure who it is, but on the sign, it says, get your booster. It will provide you with six months of freedom. So they're they're now directly tying their booster shots with your ability to be free. And it's amazing that people want this billboard with their face on it because she's smiling there like, hey, guys, you want your freedom? Just get the shot. Nothing says being free like getting forced to take a vaccine. But I digress. I had to interrupt you briefly. Just yeah, to go say ahead. The, an- the Antichrist is just sashaying across the dance floor <laughs> at this point. <laughs> That's all. I love your use of the word sashay. That was I very nice. It, it gave me go. a great image of 
the Antichrist. Uh, Nikolai Carpathia just <laughs> dancing along. Yeah. Is it like a Liberace outfit, I wonder? I don't know. I, I see a bow tie. Yeah. But anyway, mm, yeah. continue. I apologize. I mean, I could drop some names that of possibilities, but I won't do it. I will resist <laughs> the urge. Uh, but I had a few imagery in my head there of them sashaying across the floor anyway so uh, i wanted to go number two on this guys and I, I just think you know this mandate and the push and the divide over these over the vaccine has really i, I just want to give an example here on just how ridiculous it's gotten and the fear that this has that this push has has created and so there was a story yesterday going viral of some kindergartners there was video taken being forced to eat lunch outside in some pretty chilly weather under 40 degrees they sat on buckets to social distance from their classmates i just you just have to picture the imagery here it's kindergarten age kids sitting on buckets outside in the freezing cold, eating their lunch. Uh, you just have to wonder at what level of insanity are we willing to stoop. This happened in Portland, Oregon, uh, at Capitol Hill Elementary, and some parents were fed up. One of them reached out to the post-millennial and, uh, and talked about how the children were being forced to eat out there and said it was the, quote, last straw on Portland public schools. And she said, uh, as a parent of a student at Capitol Hill Elementary, this policy is abhorrent. I am beyond furious, especially knowing children are low risk. Governor Brown, maskless in D.C. this weekend, was the last straw. We've been patient with all the policies here in Portland in hopes of not being ostracized within the community, but this is the last straw. I will be picking up my child to have lunch at home. And, um, I mean, it's just insanity, guys. And I think I, I might have mentioned this on the pod the other day, so apologies if I did, but... Um, I, I started coaching a youth basketball team and the rules at the school are now we homeschool. So thankfully I'm immune. I have, I have natural <laughs> immunity from all of these ridiculous public school policies, but they needed a coach for the youth basketball team. I agreed to do it. And so I have to, they have rules at these schools that we play the basketball in, in their courts. And here's what they are. You've got to wear a mask to enter. And while you're leaving, and while you're sitting on the bench, when the players are on the bench and whatnot, but when the kids are in the game, they don't have to wear the mask. They could take it off. What what sense does that make? I, I the parents are all. I'm like, you know, hey, that's the rules. You guys do what you want. I'm not going to say one way or the other. Um, but they are all kind of scratching their heads. Like this makes absolutely no sense. But I see it's some of the insane. kids wear masks, and I just. I mean, it's been a year and a half of this, guys, and I really feel yeah. fear for the younger generation on on this stuff. And and it starts at the top with the leadership from the president and the tone they're going to set. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they've chosen to fear monger over this, and we're seeing the results of that. Yeah, I mean, listen, to to each their own. I think when it comes to the masks and and all of that, but I got to tell you, here in New York. The new mandate that they have going on in the city is that if you're 5 to 11 years old, you now have to provide proof of vaccination <laughs> at restaurants, too. So it's not now, now because there's a kid vaccine, when you talk about the vaccine, they're they're demanding that now. And so my kids have not gotten vaccinated yet. So we can't even, we were going to go into the city and go see the tree and go, did we, I yeah, guess whoops, we can't do that. Just can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind it's of unbelievable. bizarre. 
And you'd think restaurants would push back against that, right? Well, they are. I was just going to say that Andrew Riggi, he's the executive director of the New York City Hospitality Alliance. He called <laughs> de Blasio the Grinch. Uh, and so that was the lot. He's been calling him the Grinch all week. But I mean, yeah, so they yeah. are starting to push back. Yeah. Anything that makes it harder for people to actually go out and do it. I mean, it just seems like they'd say, um, let's let people choose. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is the season to visit New York, too. That's yeah, why that's it's true. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I think part of what's so ridiculous about all this stuff is that uh, when you're a kid, the argument or the response to an argument that it's because I said so, it, you, you can run with that and that'll fly uh, because it's the parent and you're the child. Right. But when we're all adults and the reason is get the vaccine, wear the mask, whatever the rule is, because that's what we do. It's like, that, that's not a... <laughs> That's, that's not, not a, a reason. No. Or like when they say, well, like I've gone to several restaurants or a store or something. Well, we've limited our hours or we've closed this. And some of it is due to staffing shortages, which I understand. But then sometimes they'll respond. So well, it's because of COVID. Like because of COVID is not an answer. Like mm. what, 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 what do you mean? So I just <laughs> think we're in this post reason age yeah. uh, now. And then the other thing that strikes me over and over again. It's, it's as if no one realizes that Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson Johnson, they all have a real financial interest in, uh, in just forever a, just boosters, a little bit. forever COVID. Whatever, uh, yeah. And it's like no one's allowed to ask no. that question. And what? also, by the way, there's a there's a clip uh, circulating on social media of all these news, uh, news organizations, NBC, CNN, whatever, who have these sections of their show that are sponsored and paid for by Pfizer. So it's like everybody has a, a vested yeah. interest financially in keeping this thing going and no one's allowed to talk about that. I know. I, whatever happened, guys, didn't the media used to hate Big Pharma? Yeah. Well, and and no, now you yeah. can't question them. It's unbelievable to watch that turn happen in real time. But not being able to question anything, just so that we can clarify this for yeah. everyone, because I I am vaccinated. I have no. I know people are like, I'm not sharing my status. That's fine. I'll share mine. I'm vaccinated. But I think asking questions about the vaccine is a great thing to do. And I think like if you yeah. don't let people ask questions, you empower people to be skeptical even more. So like it doesn't solve the problem to say you can't ask the question and to shame people. It in fact makes this problem worse if you believe that people aren't understanding what is going on. But yeah, right. to your point, now they're talking about a fourth booster, right? We may need it sooner than later because of the the new version of COVID that, you know, apparently nobody has died from thankfully and it's not been very serious. Hopefully it stays that way. Why why do we need another vaccine for yeah. that? I'm confused. Yeah, well yeah. All right. Well, let's. Uh, we've said enough. Um, although we probably could go on for a whole show on that, but let's let's head into story number two. All right. So this one is a little bit macabre, but I think it's uh, it's important. <laughs> a to, little bit, I, just a little yeah. bit. It it was so difficult to write it and to read about it, but I think it's important to talk about. So we're going to talk a, a bit about this, but I want to open the story with a quote. This is what the doctor, Doctor Philip Nietzsche, uh, who created this so-called suicide pod. This is what he said about it. The machine can be towed anywhere for the death. I mean, so that's just like, I mean, very it can only go downhill from there. Yeah. You know? Wow. Very what a, convenient. what a selling point. I mean, oh, yeah. just great. Really uh, a people pleasing. Every time I yeah. want to die, I just always think it's just so inconvenient, but now, right. now, if only I could have a mountain Vista as I died, right. that would be, right. you know, I would have died a long time ago. <laughs> So, so it's a portable, it literally, it, you should go to, to faithwire.com if you haven't looked at our story yet. It looks like a, like an egg shaped pod. So it's, it's called a sarco, uh, which is short for sarcophagus. 
so it, all of it is just really morbid sounding. But anyway, it's it's this otherworldly looking contraption designed to peacefully end the lives of those who lay down inside of it. And Switzerland's Medical Review Board, uh, here's the news of why it matters or, or why it's important, uh, is because they authorized the device this week as uh, saying that it could potentially be used in the country. Uh, there are only two that have been produced so far, and they're both prototypes. So there's not one being actively used right now, but Nietzsche, uh, the founder of Exit International, and then, like I said, the creator of this suicide pod, hopes to make it widely available beginning uh, in 2022. So this is what Nietzsche said of his invention during an interview with uh, Swiss Info, an outlet over there. He said, we want to remove any kind of psychiatric review from the process and allow the individual to control the method themselves. Our aim is to develop an artificial intelligence screening system to establish the person's mental capacity. Naturally, there's a lot of skepticism, especially on the part of psychiatrists. So he's suggesting that you get into this pod and you talk to a robot who has operates with algorithms and you have a conversation with it and it decides, oh, this person is okay to make the decision to end their life or no, we shouldn't allow them to end their life. Uh, so if they are granted, if the robot says, they're, they they have the green light uh, to hit the button, which will then end their life. They close themselves into this pod, uh, and it's so the user will uh, get inside, close the close the top, uh, and after answering a series of questions, like I said, they'll be presented with a button that will then bring the oxygen level inside the tank down to a dangerously low level. Nitrogen will then fill up the vessel and quickly deplete the breathable air from twenty one percent down to just one percent within. 30 seconds. The lack of oxygen will force the body to descend into hypoxia and then hypocapnia, which is all these fancy words for depriving your body of oxygen. Uh, And then ultimately you won't be able to breathe and you would die. Uh, within five to 10 minutes. Uh, The doctor said that there's no panic and no choking feeling, but Mm. instead you'll just feel a little disoriented and slightly euphoric. Yeah. I want to just say, is that according to all the people who've tried it? Did they ask them afterwards or? Right. I'm I'm not certain how he's gathering data on, on the, on how you feel slightly euphoric. Right. They, they have no complaints, I guess is what he's probably saying. Like none of our customers (laughs) have ever complained. Uh, about it otherwise i mean how do you i mean what a claim is that like it's everyone who does it says it's fantastic no they're actually dead so you can't you don't know what they're thinking but anyhow carry on so here number two here it 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 can be toted anywhere it's biodegradable uh and it can then actually be used as a coffin Uh, so i mean this whole thing is just such a dark story Uh, um one of the selling points the doctor argued uh, is that it can be used like i said virtually anywhere he said it can be in an idyllic outdoor setting or in the premises of an assisted suicide organization for example the person will get into the capsule and lie down he said it's very comfortable um so <laughs> dying just they make dying sound so great trey i just want right who doesn't want to jump on in the bandwagon now yes exactly <laughs> so I, I the the sad reality is so assisted suicide has been legal for decades in switzerland uh and in 2020 alone they had 1300 people 
who took their own lives through assisted suicide. Uh, they ingested a substance, the majority of them, um, and I don't have the name of the, of, of the chemical substance pulled up, but they, they would ingest a substance, and then within five to ten minutes, uh, they would fall asleep, and then they just wouldn't they wouldn't wake up. Uh, and he said that this is better because you don't have to have any. Uh, there's no drugs involved, so you don't have to go through those those hurdles of getting approved. Mm. It's more accessible to everyone. Great. Um, so yeah, you know, as far as, as why it matters, I think it's obvious uh, as believers, uh, we, we know the value of human life. And also this is just what a topsy turvy world we're living in, right? That we can play God. And, and there seems to be this normalcy, uh, with this kind of morbid mm-hmm. stuff, uh, that, that we're not even, it's, we're not even getting, you know, or, catching our breath with these kind of stories it's just this run of the mill uh, to hear about this. So, so I think that's one of the, one of the reasons that it matters. Another, and we've covered this before is what Johnny Erickson Tata says. Uh, she said that Christians are the world really, but she was talking about American culture in particular, uh, believers and non-believers need to have a better understanding of suffering. And specifically for Christians, she said, we need to have a better theology of pain mm. uh, and understand that there's a purpose in our suffering. There's a reason that we go through the things that we go through and we shouldn't be making permanent decisions, one, for something that's potentially temporary, uh, which with something as as widely accessible as the suicide pod, that would certainly be an issue. Mm. And then also with people who are older and suffering from from serious illnesses, she said, there's, you know, there's a sovereign God who knows and knew beforehand that you are going to go through this. Uh, and he, he destined that for you. He has a purpose in your suffering. Um, so, you know, I think we do need to have a better understanding of pain and suffering. Yeah. And this is just a it's such a dark story, but it's one we need to be aware yeah. of so that we can have conversations about it. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think that's a good observation there at the end. And uh, I can think I had a heart surgery a couple of years ago, open heart surgery. And mm-hmm. um, I, honestly, it's the one time in my life when I woke up from that, um, you have the chest tubes in and everything and just breathing just yeah. hurt so much because I couldn't breathe in. And um, I think I freaked out and they, they gave me more medicine to knock me out because I wouldn't shut up. But um, I am dying, you know, but but. <laughs> That was the one experience. I bring it up because that's the one experience where I really felt like I would have been okay if I was dying. I was like, I, I just don't want to deal with this. This is horrible. And um, but you know, you still, as much as you're like, okay, if this is it, then oh well. Um, I, you know, you're, you're the pain is so much that you're just willing to, you know, go away with. It. But like at the same time, you want to fight. So there's an acceptance of wow, this is horrible. But at the same time, I'm you're, you don't give up, right? You're not just like, yeah, you know what? I'd rather not deal with it. Um, I don't know. It's it's this, it's a weird mode that you're in at that point. Um, and and so and obviously mine was only very short term, but so for these people long suffering with this. But I but I do, I do think that you you know like you said that theology of suffering. That's a theology of pain. That's a, that's a good way to put it because there is a point in that and. You know, I think we want to train people. Like, if, if my kids were watching, I'd want them to see their dad, you know, fighting, right? Yeah. Because life matters. Life's important. You'd want to see them fighting. And even though internally you're kind of like, okay, if this is it, I'm I'm good with it because this is awful. But you still want to fight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and do you, you know, listen, we have a culture that is devaluing life in in every single way, as we're talking about. And you've got a number of places around the world where mental illness is becoming something with mm-hmm. which people can use tools like this to end their lives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're, you're extending this into all different arenas. And, 
at a time when actual suicide itself, not doctor-assisted, is at skyrocket, all-time highs. I believe it's the number one way young people die in this country. Yeah. This is a, a recipe for real disaster. And it, again, it takes away the power of God to decide when we come into the world and when we leave. And it puts it in our hands and we're just not capable as human beings to, We and, and not only are we not capable, we don't have the moral and ethical right to do that. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's a little scary to, to watch this and to see this is probably just the beginning. This is one guy yeah. with one device. What comes next? And, you know, from what I've been reading online, one of the main concerns to your point, Billy, is that his goal, and by the way, we should know that this guy is known in Switzerland as Dr. Death. Uh, this is something that he's been doing for years, like studying this issue for, for years and making uh, physician-assisted suicide increasingly accessible through various forms. But one of the biggest concerns about this particular device is the fact that he wants it to be all done through robotic algorithms. Uh, so the the psychiatric evaluation would be done, like I said in, in the description, would be done through robots, uh, which is, you know, how is a robot going to detect that you don't actually have a terminal illness, but you're just, you're depressed and you're going through a really difficult time in your life. Uh, And I'm I'm afraid of what that could mean for, for people who are suffering with their mental health and then ending their life because of it. And then we romanticize it as, well, it was physician assisted. It's like, no, it was assisted by a robot and they got into this pod. Um, So yeah, I think there are, there are just concerns all around with this with this kind of stuff all right well on slightly lighter note although it's, there's some heaviness right. to it but it's slightly lighter death um, death pods guys. to death pods to burning <laughs> well, trees we are just a ray earlier, of sunshine today earlier in the show you kept saying on the pod on the pod and i knew the story was coming and all i could think <laughs> of was the death pod um but anyway so our last story is about tucker carlson at fox news obviously we talked about the torching of the fox news christmas tree which you know a lot of people are joking about but it's a pretty serious offense and it's a little disturbing um now tucker carlson was among those at fox who reacted to this on his show last night and i want to read the quote because i think the quote has a lot in it that we can unpack it's he said A Christmas tree is a symbol. It's a symbol of a specific culture. It's a symbol of a much-loved tradition that is hundreds of years old, but above all, it's a symbol of a religion, in this case, the world's largest. And then he went on to say that torching Christmas trees is an attack on Christianity. It's an assault on religious observance. By current standards, destroying someone's religious symbol would be called a hate crime. And then he goes on to kind of attack the DOJ and to say that the Department of Justice doesn't really care about events like this, events that, you know, target Christians. They care more about other religions um, like Islam and all of that. Uh, He said they could care less about this. Now, what's interesting about this reaction is that, and I guess this is really the, the why it matters, you know, he's saying here that the Christmas tree itself is a symbol of Christianity. And I think that's a really interesting argument for, for a number of reasons. In this country, 90% plus of Americans celebrate Christmas, right? Um, at the end of the day, though, let's move all of that out of the side. This this was private property, a Christmas tree in front of a major corporation. So in that sense, it was a, a horrible act, right? But extending this into the faith side is really sort of intriguing um, and calling it a hate crime because of that um, really, I, I think, would probably be debated for a number of reasons. And so I'm not going to go on as long about the, about this story because I think we should talk it through. I mean, do you guys see the Christmas tree as a Christian symbol? Trey, I'm gonna. I'll let you. I'll let you op- the opening yeah. salvo while I marinate. 
<laughs> you know, I think that I think there's some truth to what he's saying, and that whether it whether it historically is or should be, you know, whatever. I know there's there's the pagan thing, and we can we can go into that. But I think for better or for worse, the Christmas tree has become, uh, at least in the Western world, uh, a symbol of Christianity, a symbol of Christmas, of the meaning of Christmas, which is, of course, Christ's birth. Uh, so I think there there certainly is a religious tie to it. And I do think that he's right in that if if there was a religious symbol uh, of an, uh, from another faith, uh, whether it was the Jewish faith or the, the Muslim faith, whatever, if it, there was some sort of symbol that was set on fire or destroyed in some way, it certainly would, would be getting wall-to-wall coverage on, on CNN or MSNBC sure. right now uh, sure. as, as some sort of attack on, on faith. Uh, whereas this one is just, is just kind of a funny story. It's a bad story, like, a, you know, targeting a company or whatever. And it's gotten some of that coverage and then other lighthearted coverage as well. Uh, but I, I do think that it would be getting more weight uh, had it been a symbol tied to a different religion. Um, so I think there, I think there is some truth to what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. I was well, gonna say, yeah. I was just gonna say, I, I do think, uh, yeah, like it or not, um, you know, I think the tree is, it's a tree. But I mean, I think, uh, uh, I do think the popular culture, it, it has become, you know, it, at least connected to Christianity strongly, uh, even though so many people celebrate Christmas from a just completely separated way from Christianity. I mean, I mentioned that woman the other day, what's all this religion doing in the Christmas parade? You know, there's a lot of people like that who just don't <laughs> even associate the two. Parade, but, you mean? Yeah. The yeah. The, right. Right. So yeah, it, it's clearly connected to Christianity and you, especially when someone wants to burn down the tree, what motive do you have to burn down the tree? I mean, unless you're, you know, an anti-capitalist or something as well. And you're just like, ah, it just symbolizes all the 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 excess and the spending and the greed and blah blah blah. I don't know. Do we even know or what this guy? Fox. Yeah, or, or you, you just hate Fox. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, yeah. I, I think. Well, I just. I was gonna say. You know, you can't. You can't have your cake and eat it too. There's people who will say, "Oh, well, you know, the Christians took the Christmas tree from the pagans and made right. it their own." And you know, so so then is it a religious symbol? Then are you saying that it's a religious symbol? And then you're saying, "Oh no, it's not a religious symbol." Well, you know, to me, I when you actually pull out take away all of this this discussion about it being a pagan symbol, right? There's a whole history there. People can debate that. You know, really what has happened is many of these symbols, think about Jesus dying on the cross, being sacrificed on a tree, losing his life there. You know, there's a way to look at the Christmas tree in a very religious sense and, and it being a reminder and the gifts under that tree being a reminder of the redemption and the grace that we are given through him and through that death. And so there are some really amazing takes on that that I think help us, you know, celebrate you know, Christmas in, in a less secular way, um, because all those 90% of the people celebrating it, they are not all celebrating it, obviously, in a, in a Christian sense. But yet, it is the Christmas tree, the Christmas tree. And so, I don't know. I mean, do I, am I fully on board with, with Tucker here on the hate crime side? I don't, I don't know. Because I think, I if, think, I think I, what I would say on that, uh, Billy, is just that, and I think he mentioned this, but that's the standard they've set up now. Yes. Is that no. if we're going to play these games and we're going to play by these rules, then you've got to apply them equally. And but based on motive, based on motive, and and usually the other symbols are it's a little clearer why they're targeting them. Right. I don't. Know. I think I think the Christmas tree is the is a lit. It could be a little bit more of a. I just don't like Fox News. Right. Which, I'm not saying still, that's why. Yeah. I mean, I guess Fox News is not going to be in a protected class of hate crimes. I don't crimes. know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. 
I think some of it too is like the in in communication we have a definition obviously and then connotation and at a certain point connotation overtakes definition if that's what everybody thinks of when they see this thing well even if that's not even that's it's real yeah. history mm-hmm. or definition but that's what everybody collectively knows that's what it represents uh, then that's what what usurps and becomes more important and you can't really have it both ways like the secular world will say well the Oh, why does that place have a Christmas tree up? Or why do y'all have Christmas decorations in this public school? Isn't that a violation of the separation of church and state? Right. But then in this instance, they'll say, oh, well, it's not a symbol of Christianity. It's just they don't like Fox News. It's like, well, but but in the other issue, like in the school district in Florida that the you know Freedom from Religion Foundation hypothetically got upset with because they had a Christmas tree up, how is that one? Because it's a violation of separation of church and state. But for this tree, it's only because they don't like Fox News and it has nothing to do with religion. (laughs) I just think the double standard there is hard. And I think that's what Tucker was trying to call attention to is like, which one is it? Because it can't be both. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's in my town. And I mentioned this to you guys on the show. They renamed the Christmas tree lighting ceremony. It's the holiday tree. Oh, Come and see the holiday tree. Oh, okay. boy. Well, who's Santa's at the holiday tree? What's Santa doing here? It's the holiday tree. <laughs> you know, it's and then of course they, they ended up renaming it um, because the, the ridiculousness of this. Nobody is going to rename the menorah lighting anything other than what it is because that's right. what right. it is. And and so yeah, there there is definitely truth there. I think we'll know more once we understand what this person's motive was, if there even was one, and it, or was it just an act of insanity? I I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, I think he makes, I think he makes a good point there. And I do think it's a good chance just to kind of piggyback off the why it mad it matters for us to kind of recalibrate what we see the Christmas tree as, right? Like this is a good moment to be like, you know what, when I see my Christmas tree and I look at gifts that are going to be under it, remembering what the real purpose of all of this holiday is of the whole mm-hmm. entire season. It's not the cookies and the Christmas music. Sorry, Trey. I know you love the Christmas music, but the it is good it's Jesus. I mean, I love the cookies. So yeah. I'd be hypocrites. To do I mean, and yes, I, you're right. And I think the bigger debate here, guys, is real or fake tree. And I think there is only one obvious answer. And that has to be fake tree because uh, putting a real tree in your house is borderline demonic. And I'm gonna uh, pray for you. Yeah, I'm gonna pray well, for you. Well, go ahead because I, look, you don't have to pray for me now because I do have. I finally have won a long-standing battle within the Andros household, and we have now a fake tree. And I have not had to schlep one of these trees into the door. <laughs> I have not had to clean up all the needles that eventually dry up and fall all over the place, and the sap that's stuck all over my house. And uh, mm-hmm. and I and I got to save the trees too. I didn't kill an innocent tree. You well, know? I hope your so. heart grows a couple of sizes. Uh, <laughs> well, I do, the audience should know, Dan, that you have quite an affinity for trees. I do. I do. Um, well, who doesn't so like trees? They have a they have a plus a special know. place in your heart. So I'm not a big fan. Yeah. Of There's the a trees. history. Not a big fan trees. of trees. I, mean, I love the Christmas tree, but I mean, when I see a tree, I'm like, thanks for the tree. I mean, I don't like. I just to me. A tree means falling branches and things I need to clean up. So, but but a Christmas tree I love. I am the I, one. But I am the one that needs prayer. I mean, this is yeah, now Billy. This is shocking. Kind of I don't know. Yeah. No, okay, I'm sorry. Nobody is listening to this right now with this obsession with trees. What are you, an arborist? I mean, this is not. No, I, I like. Who doesn't like to sit under a tree in the in me, the summer the or the fall? And it's who wants and to it's, sit under a tree. Well, you can move out of uh, from there's underneath like the tree. Dropping stuff from that. No, I, it makes me very uncomfortable because there's things living in the tree. So I don't actually spend a lot of time under trees. You don't. So you don't uh, want to be around living things. Billy, do you I not mean, like this animals? Is, 
I should go in the pod. Um, um. <laughs> Billy's going to put all the trees in the pod. All right. So we'll, we'll save that debate for, for pod from Dr. Death. <laughs> we'll, we'll save this debate for another day. I'm sorry. I opened that can of worms, but um, Merry Christmas. Everyone. Yeah. Merry Christmas, everybody get a fake tree and don't sit under trees outside. Cut them all down. So, all right. That is all the time. The time we have for today. As always, head on over to faithwire.com and cbnnews.com for more news from a Christian perspective. We'll be back here tomorrow. It's Friday. It's not Friday today. It's Friday tomorrow. You know, you know that. All right. See you then. <laughs>